Welcome to My Two Cents with Keith Beggs from Steadfast Wealth Strategies. In this podcast, we show high-level executives and business owners why comprehensive financial planning and executive bonus structures don't have to be too good to be true. Keith draws on his experience in realistic financial planning, and expert guests share his two cents about academically-based financial planning that you have to hear to believe. Now, on to the show. With interest rates at levels we haven't seen in decades, many people may be thinking about mortgages either refinancing their existing one or taking out a new one. Keith Beggs of Steadfast Wealth Strategies has a guest with lots of timely information on the issue of home loans. Wes Cleckley joins for this episode of Keith's My Two Cents podcast. Uh, Keith, Wes is with Interlink Mortgage, correct? Yes, and he's actually, I think, Wes, you might have to correct me on this, but you've been their number one office now for five years, or is it, or is it more than five years? Yeah, I think it might be six years, Keith. Don't cut me off by a year now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we're count- I don't know if we're already counting twenty twenty. We're not. If you, you know, if you already sealed the deal on that, we're not. So, uh, so yes, Wes yeah. is a longtime friend. Uh, we actually met back at Sam Houston. Um, I'm not going to put any dates on on that, but we've known each other a good a good amount of time, and he's helped in, uh, my family out a, a few times and a lot of our clients out. So, uh, we're excited to have Wes on today. As Patrice mentioned. We have historically low interest rates right now, but, and home loans tend to be America's largest liabilities, right? This is where most Americans carry their largest debt. So how they take care of this, how do they handle this, will have a great impact on their financial future, retirement, college, and all those type of things. Um, I wanted to have Wes on, talk about the low interest rate environment market we're in today, and maybe some things that we should be on the lookout for. So Wes, kind of give some context around the, the environment that we're in today. Yeah, thanks. Uh, first of all, uh, Keith, Patrice, thank you so much for having me on. Um, yes, I've been I've been in the business 18 years, been with Interlink Mortgage for 12 years, and I, I want to mention that just to give some context. Interlink Mortgage, we are a mortgage bank, so all we do is residential mortgages. We've got vast experience in that, and we are seeing, out of 18 years, our biggest year ever, not just because of the record amount of purchase business that we're having, but obviously historically low rates has added a, a lot more volume to 2020. Big, big surprise after the pandemic hit. Nobody expected it, but uh, we're going to ride this wave as long as we can. And uh, for the foreseeable future, they should be near these record levels. Um, a lot of people, you know, we've kind of heard historically low interest rates now probably for five to six years, right? That, that phrase has been around, it seems like a little right. while. How often does someone be thinking about refinancing? What's the typical kind of conversation you have there, right? Because we probably they may have done it two or three years ago. They may have been hearing this back then as well. No one obviously predicted this pandemic and where we are now. But is there is there too much? Is there too much refinancing? Can someone refinance too often? You know, I get a lot of questions. As you can imagine, with rates the way they are, that I mean, I get inquiries almost on a daily basis. I actually pretty much on a daily basis. And there's a lot of the folks that will say, hey, I heard that I need to lower my rate by 2% or at least 1% for, for it to make sense. But that, that's not really, really true. You really got to look at all factors. One is how long are they going to be in the house? Because there are some closing costs involved, typically, on doing a, doing a refi. We can get into that more in a, bit, in a minute on how to minimize those costs or actually eliminate those costs potentially through a refi. Also, how long are they going to be in the house, right? It, it, it really matters. How much do they owe? If somebody owes $400,000 on their loan balance, they're going to be able to save a lot more money than if they only owe 100000 right? The more you owe, the more you're going to save. It's really hard to say, is it, are you refinancing too much? You just really have to look at their scenario at that particular time. 
how long are they going to be in the house? And then uh, we'll come up with a decision together if it makes sense to explore that or not. And then with most people that you're seeing do refinances, we hear a lot about cash out refi or just a straight refi. Sounds self-explanatory, right? Cash out, they're probably going to get some cash or some equity out of the home. Do you say you're seeing more of those typically or more just straight refis? And what is the difference? Is there a difference in interest rate or anything like that? Yeah, that's a good question, man. So there are two types of financing or, or refinances. You can just do a straight, what they call rate and term refinance. You're really just changing the term or you're changing the interest rate. And then you have your cash out refinances or home equity loans. And that's where you are here in the state of Texas. If it's your primary residence, you can borrow up to 80% of your home's value. And then with that 80% loan or whatever that new balance you have, you pay off your current mortgage and then whatever is in excess of that and the closing costs, you get in cash funds. I'm seeing, I'm not really seeing any uh, difference in the ratio of that, Keith. I mean, there's, there's always been probably a ratio of out of the refi- refinances we do, probably 80% rate and term, 20% cash out in my office anyway. Uh, okay. It may range anywhere from 10% variance there. I haven't seen that really change with these with these record rates. I mean, we're having about the same percentage do a rate and term versus uh, the cash out. And to your question about is there a difference in rate, there, there is. The market prices a cash out refinance a, a little bit worse, but with today's rates, they're still extraordinary. I mean, you're talking about maybe an eighth to maybe a quarter percent difference in rate doing a, a cash out refi versus just a straight rate and term. And when you do a straight rate and term, just for people maybe that don't know, they're signing up for a new 30 year term, right? So their payment could possibly go down, but they're extending the time frame of that payment. Maybe they may only have like seven or eight years left on their current mortgage, but if they do a new rate and yeah. term, they'll typically go to a new 15 or 30 year mortgage. Is that right? That's correct. Case in point, I just got off the phone with a, a past client about 30 minutes ago. She owes, she owes 21 years on her current mortgage. She also has a second lien that she has about 14 years left. She did a 15-year mortgage to put in a pool a year ago. So she's now looking to refinance those into one loan. Now she is interested in doing a 20-year mortgage versus extending that back out to a 30. She only owes 21 years. Yes, she will save a lot more money on a monthly basis, as far as her monthly cash flow, she does a 30, but in her mind, and I agree with her, she's going in the opposite direction if she ever wants to get that loan paid off. Gotcha. Yeah. And you know, for a lot of people out there, if you're thinking about doing home improvements, whether like Wes just mentioned, they're a pool or anything else, a typical option has always been a, a HELOC or a home equity line of credit. And with where interest rates are now, there's just a huge gap. And maybe Wes can expound on that, a huge gap in cost. Um, depending on what kind of uh, expenditures or what kind of upgrades you're trying to do. But a refi might be a way better option than a home equity line of credit right yeah. now. Would you say that, Wes? Yeah, it, and it really comes down to the individual scenario, right, Keith? Uh, it depends on how they're going to use that equity. Is that equity loan is for short-term purposes? It, because if it's for short-term purposes, here's the deal about a HELOC. So HELOC, home equity line of credit, it is a second lien. Typically, your institutional banks or credit unions will do those type of products. We don't do them as a mortgage banker. We're going to do first liens only. I mean, I've, I've got a great contact at a local bank here in the San Antonio area that I will refer HELOCs to because it, it makes sense for the right person. If it's short-term in nature where it, it doesn't bother them that it's going to be a higher interest rate and it's also going to be a variable rate, then they may be better served with the HELOC because there's limited fees on the HELOC versus doing a straight rate and term refi. Uh, or, or a cash, uh, I apologize, a cash out refinance. Now, in helping make that decision, 
it really depends on what that first lien looks like. Because if they have a first lien of 300000 and that interest rate is 4%, and they want to pull an additional $50,000 cash out on top of that, well, we might as well do a new 30-year or 20-year, whatever term they're looking for, cash out refi, have a single lien, pay off both of those loans. Now they have both of those loans on a fixed say 3% interest rate, give or take an eighth of a percent or so. But that may make sense for them if they're going to stay in that house for a while. I would do it on a, on, on a single lien and have both that total loan balance, first and second lien in, into one loan at around the 3% range. Gotcha. Now, Wes, we deal with a lot of maybe pre-retirees or maybe people that are just really close to retiring or just retiring. Is there, a, is there an age limit or a time frame on when you can do a refi? Can you do a refi after, you've, after you're already retired? Yeah, it really depends. Uh, so there's no age limit on any type of loan. I've done a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage for a 90-year-old borrower before. I mean, obviously, there's no discrimination when it comes to what type of loan you can get or what what term you're getting. Uh, that has no bearing at all. But the retirement piece does come into play because, obviously, every loan that we do, we have to show the ability to repay that loan. And that is through verifying employment or verifying some source of income. Now, that income source, after we verify that, we have to verify the amount, and then we, we do calculations based off their total debt load, their monthly debt load that's reported on their credit report, plus the proposed housing payment on the new loan, right? That has to meet a certain debt-to-income ratio re- uh, uh, requirement, right? Sometimes when somebody does retire, maybe they, now they are living off a pension or they're living off a pension and Social Security, a combination of them too. So that's typically or a lot of times lower than what they were earning uh, as an employee, or maybe they had their own, own self-employed business. So we really have to look at that and see, do they now qualify for with that limited or that reduced income? And if somebody thinks, look, I'm going to buy, I plan on buying a second home on the beach or on the lake, or I want to buy that investment property, and you know you're going to do that and you haven't retired yet, I would suggest looking into it now and let us see what your income looks like versus what your projected income will be once you retire, because you may not qualify at that point. However, that's where the home equity loan can come into play. Maybe your debt to income ratio is just a little bit too high. Take some of that cash or equity out of your house, pay off some of the high interest credit cards or some other debt. We can do that through the closing and that could get your debt to income ratio in line. Gotcha. So you kind of touched on the second homes, investment properties. Most of the interest rate conversation that you hear about is on first mortgages, right? On second homes or investment homes, interest rates typically are tend to be a little bit higher, but there's, those lays are also at all time lows, they're just higher because they're their second or um, investment properties. Am I saying that correctly, Wes? And can what kind of interest rates are you looking at on second homes or investment properties right now? Yeah, no, that's correct. So uh, just for perspective, if you're going to buy, now again, great credit, great ratios. If you're going to buy a primary residence, so you're buying a three hundred thousand or four hundred thousand dollar primary residence, we can do a thirty year fixed rate in the in the two upper two range, right? You know, two point six two five, two point seven five, two point eight seven five, somewhere in that range. If you're doing a second home, believe it or not, they're not much different, if at all. So you really? could do it. You could buy a second home on the beach. You could buy a second home at the lake, or in another state closer to some family. Maybe you want to buy. If you're retired, maybe you want to buy a house in another state where your kids are. You want to go visit them. You can typically get the same interest rate as you would on a primary residence. The difference comes into play when you're buying an investment property or what we also call a non-occupied, non-owner occupied property, meaning you're going to use that for investment purposes. You're going to rent this out to a tenant. 
the market price is that higher. It's typically anywhere from a half to three quarters of a percent higher on that rate just due to the market. The market prices it higher. Why? Everything's risk-based. If somebody has a lower credit score, they're going to get a higher interest rate when we go to price it on the market. Obviously, they're going to have, when you look at it overall, they're going to be less likely to make that no payment with lower credit scores. And if somebody gets in a financial bind and they have two houses, they have a primary residence and an investment property and they get in financial trouble, they're going to pay the house. They're going to pay the note on the house that they live at before they pay the investment property note. So therefore, they have to price that additional risk into the market. So you're looking at today on a 30-year fix somewhere probably around the mid threes on an investment property. Still phenomenal rates. Right. So you're looking at three and a half, maybe four on an investment property. And we, I don't know if we actually said this on a 30-year fix on a, on a primary residence. And I know the credit score and those things come in, but you're seeing rates right around three. Is that correct? On a primary residence, we're getting them in the upper twos. You've got to really take a look at the whole scenario. People shop, I deal with people all the time that obviously shop our rates and fees. We're obviously very competitive there, but when you're searching, a lot of people go to, go online, right? When they're searching online, they see an interest rate. You've got to look at the whole thing. You've got to look at the APR. You need to get a fee uh, breakdown. What is that loan costing you? One of the biggest if not the biggest lenders in the nation, you go right to their website, they'll quote a rate. But then when you scroll down to the fine print, it says, well, this is if you put 25% down and you pay at least two points, which is 2% of the loan amount additional on top of all the other closing costs to get that interest rate, right? We're going to quote a rate that has no points. And then from there, you can just decide to buy it down, but you can buy it down to the mid, uh, the mid twos. But I would say upper twos closer to 3% depending on the scenario. Gotcha. So for a lot of people out there, right, when you're moving closer to retirement, you want to make sure we're, we'll understand your fixed costs, right? What are some fixed costs that you can have as you move into, into retirement? You're going to be on a more fixed income type of monthly uh, payment system. So um, right now you're able to lock in, like you just said, maybe mid to high twos, the low threes on a 30 year fixed cost that you can then now plan your retirement on. A conversation we have all the time with people is, should I pay my home off? Should I carry, should I carry a mortgage? And, and, and like Wes said, it's, it's going to depend on each person specifically. Um, what is your relationship with debt? How that's been in the past? How can you handle that moving forward? Um, but when you can get borrow money at these rates and keep your liquidity, maybe for other investments, other emergencies, for other things, and lock in a 30-year fixed cost right now, it's something that you may want to take a look at and, and plan on, especially if you plan on being in this house for a long time, or if you're downsizing, you know, they might want to start looking at that. And maybe you may have thought about paying the, when you downsize, you may have thought about paying in cash for that home. It might make sense to finance at least a portion of that where the interest rates are right now and leave yourself uh, w with more liquidity. So Wes, you've, you've touched on cost a few times and I know that I know they're going to vary right? A, a little bit, but kind of tell us to people some costs associated with refinancing. Yeah, that's a, that, that's definitely a big component. And that will, that's a big part of the conversation that I'll get in, uh, get into with potential uh, borrowers uh, in determining or helping them determine whether it makes sense or not. We talk to people every day about it and there's a lot of them that we recommend. They just stay put where they're at. Yes, we can lower the rate and lower the payment, but it may not justify the costs that are going into it. One, we're going to ask that very important question that a lot of folks don't ask. How long will you be in the house? And if they're not going to be in the house for uh, maybe three or four years or more, 
it may not make sense. Although I've structured some transactions where they were, we pretty much covered all the closing costs and they, they just had to stay in it for six months and they still came out good, right? But as far as cost, you're looking at, you're going to have lender fees, you're going to have some title fees. Typically there's an appraisal, recording fees with a county. Uh, when you add all that up, I mean, there's, there's a lot of fees there, a lot of third-party fees. When you add it all up, it could be anywhere from three to $5,000 in closing costs. Right. Yes, that is a variable because, you know, it, it's going to be different whether it's a hundred thousand dollar loan or four thousand dollar loan. You also have some additional prepaid items. Right. And what that means is if you're escrowing, most loans are escrowed where your taxes and insurance are included in your monthly payment and then paid out by the loan servicer at the end of the year or whenever your insurance is due. It depends on the time of year. So here at the end of this last quarter, it got. Uh, I say quite expensive, although they're not, it's not fees, but say we did a refinance in October, we pretty much had to collect for the whole year of taxes to create that new escrow account because the tax bill was out, right? And the tax bill is pr typically going to get paid by the lender in December. So we had to collect for the whole year. Now that made it to where they either had to come out of pocket with quite a bit of money to pay for that tax bill. However, their current escrow account with their current servicer would get refunded. So a lot of times it's a wash, but they either had to come out of pocket with it or roll it into the new loan. So it really depends on many factors. And a, and a big one is the timing of the, of the year, but closing cost itself, the actual fees can be anywhere from three to $5,000. If you decide to buy the rate down, that's a different story. Obviously, if you buy, you pay 1%, a 1% discount point, it's a $300,000 loan. That's a $3,000 additional charge, but it's basically prepaid interest to get that lower rate. Gotcha. So Wes, how does someone, if they have questions, obviously they can always contact us, but how does someone find you? How does someone find you guys out there? If they have questions or they want to jumpstart this conversation, where do they reach you at? Yeah, the easiest thing is to just give us a call. The number here at the office is 210-569-0401. I'd encourage you to look us up. Uh, just Google us, cleckleymortgageteam.com. That's K-L-E-C-K-L-E-Y, cleckleymortgageteam.com. Go on there, look and see what our, what our borrowers and real estate agents are saying about us. You can email us, but uh, I'd say just reach out to me directly. I would love to visit with you. And even if you just want to explore refinancing or if you're going to buy that second home or an additional house, I'd love to explore with you and see if it makes sense. And, and Wes, one last question. Are you guys restricted to the state of Texas or if they're looking for a second home, maybe somewhere that's cooler? <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Can you help them with that as well? Or is it, or is it, is, are you um, limited by, by the state? Yeah, I personally and my team here in the San Antonio area is licensed in Texas only, but we can finance anywhere in Texas. We do have some other branches that I have great relationships with that uh, work for Interlink Mortgage as well in other states. So if you want to buy that house somewhere else, or maybe you already own a property, uh, an investment property somewhere else, uh, we're doing a lot of refinances on those as well. I can definitely get you with somebody that'll take great care of you. Awesome. Well, hey, everyone, I want to appreciate you guys for jumping on today. Wes, thank you for uh, being a part of this. If you guys never need to reach us, my phone number is 832-506-9034. You can email me, Keith, at steadfastws.com. If you want to look at how a refinance would affect you know, some of your retirement income or some of your liquidity right now, maybe you're trying to pay for college, right? Home equity loans or, or, or refinances have been a great source for people to help pay for college. It's much cheaper 
to borrow from there than it is to go borrow from the state or from the federal government, sometimes for college. So um, there's a lot of opportunities here. If you'd love to talk about those, we'd love to sit down with you. Again, Keith Beggs here with My Two Cents and uh, Wes Cleckley with Interleague Mortgage. Thanks again, Wes, for jumping on here with us. Thank you very much, Keith. Glad to be here. You can get the latest episode of Keith's My Two Cents podcast simply by using the subscribe button on this page. And of course, you can share all this information with the share button. Thank you for listening to My Two Cents with Keith Beggs. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All securities discussed are offered and provided through Steadfast Financial Planning, LLC. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Steadfast Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor and or qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This podcast is not intended to provide specific investment, financial planning, tax, or legal advice. It is intended for educational purposes only. Please consult your tax advisor, financial advisor, or legal professional for specific advice on your specific situation.